It's Monday, February 28th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, Jason Moser, from Inside Value, Joe Mager, and from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann. Guys, good to see you. Hey, Chris. Howdy. All right, so one topic today, and that is the man himself, Mr. Warren Buffett. On Saturday, Buffett sent his annual letter to Berkshire Hathaway shareholders. He expressed great optimism about the U.S. economy, saying, quote, America's best days lie ahead. He also indicated Berkshire is ready to make some acquisitions. The money quote, guys, our elephant gun has been reloaded and my trigger finger is itchy. Jason, what was your take? Yeah, I thought it was actually a pretty uh, entertaining letter to read. I mean, I've read you know a number of, of his letters to shareholders, and this one seemed to sort of have sort of a renewed enthusiasm for him. I know that you know with with all the economic trouble we've been having over the past uh, few years, it, it was people were kind of questioning some of his moves, and he seemed to really kind of say, look, things are looking good. We've made some really good moves. The business is, is doing well, and, and you know we're, we're looking forward to a lot of good years ahead. Joe Mager, what was your take on Buffett's letter? It's always well-written. He's always got great analogies and metaphors. Uh, what struck me about this one, though, is just how Buffett circles back to his people and talking about how he hires people, how he thinks about people, and his approach to management. And it was really fascinating, specific examples where he has managers who will talk to maybe once or twice a year, and he has guys who he talks to every day. And he gives them as long a leash as they need to operate and, and perform well. And, you know, that's not something you typically hear from CEOs these days. But it's very refreshing. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about Buffett is that he's always talked about his people. But I think the backdrop to this letter is that he's being really beaten up a little bit about his succession plan. And as you know, he's, uh, he's, what, 80 now? Is that right? Yeah. 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 So... It's really it's it's time, and I think that really the underlying theme for this one is it was him to say, "Look, Berkshire Hathaway ultimately doesn't need me because of the because of the culture that we've set up, and look at the people that we have, and you can't tell me that these people really need me looking over over them because I don't already." Well, and when you talk about people questioning investment decisions that Buffett has made, one of the decisions that he made, uh, I think it was last year that got roundly questioned was bringing in Todd Combs, was uh, this you know young man, relatively young man, relative to Buffett, um, who people didn't really know much about. And he addressed that specifically in the letter. Uh, I think he used a horse analogy there, basically saying, you know, we're, I'm, we're, I'm looking for a, a, a two-year-old uh, secretary instead yeah. of a 10-year-old yeah. seed biscuit. Yeah. yeah. Well, Todd Combs is double the age of what Warren Buffett was when he started managing money. I'm not quite sure. People are people tend to take Warren Buffett and say, oh, he's this avuncular guy. He wasn't always <laughs> an avuncular guy and generated millions of dollars for his investors before he was Todd Combs' age. So let's get to the elephant gun, all right? Because this, this, to me, is the most interesting thing about the letter, is Buffett very plainly saying, look, we got a lot of cash. We are looking to make some acquisitions. Uh, let's go around the table here. I want to. I want your advice for Buffett. Where do you think he should be looking? And it could be loading up on a stock. It could be acquiring a company outright. Bill Mann, what do you think? Warren Buffett is very good about looking where people aren't looking, and so I would imagine that he's looking in markets where no one else is. Like, for example, a few years ago, he was very active saying, I'm looking for companies in Europe. And he actually ended up and he went out and he bought a company called Iskar. And I think that Europe is the market now that everyone is nervous about. They think it's a museum, you know, it's an anachronism. And I would suspect that if he's looking anywhere, and he could be looking nowhere, he'll sit on cash for years and be fine with it, that that's probably where he would be best looking. Jason? 
Yeah, so we all talk about Markel here at The Fool, and uh, although it's it's considerably smaller than Berkshire Hathaway, it's an insurance company that's really uh, very much in the same mold of Berkshire Hathaway. They're insurer uh, with a, a, a nice portfolio of investments as well. Now, under Berkshire's umbrella, I think that'd probably be a pretty small acquisition, you know, truthfully. And so when I start trying to think big, I mean, a company that he holds a pretty good share in now, uh, Costco, which, mm-hmm. you know, I think what Burlington Northern was about a $34 billion acquisition, and Costco's market cap right now is about the same. Uh, it, the economies of that business are great. I mean, they get a lot of cash up front for the memberships. You know, Buffett's really great at allocating that cash. It just seems to be kind of a, a business that he would really appreciate and enjoy. It wouldn't, sh- it wouldn't shock me to see that. Joe? Well, Jason totally stole my thunder with Costco, <laughs> um, but I'll give a different spin Sorry. on that. So, for a little context, Charlie Munger is on the board of Costco, mm-hmm. and when Jim Senegal was here speaking to us, what, year and a half, two years ago, he yep. told us the only stock he owns other than Costco is Berkshire Hathaway. Um, Costco is a family-run business. When you look at Senegal, he's certainly uh, not, while still active and very clearly with it, yes. he's certainly uh, moving up in years. And thinking about aren't, succession aren't we planning all, of his own. <laughs> uh, you more so than I'm reminded <laughs> on a daily basis. Okay, but Joe, I'm not going to steal your thunder here. I want to at least run Again, this by because we, mean. Joe and I made a trip uh, maybe two weeks ago or so. We went up to Hunt Valley, Maryland to the McCormick Spice Factory, mm, yeah. which was a really cool trip, a great time. And, and Joe and Andy Lewis, Charles and I, we all said the same thing. This seems like a Berkshire-style business. Didn't you think that, Joe? I did. I, I remember having the thought, why hasn't Warren Buffett bought this business yet? Uh, incredibly durable durable demand, great products. Uh, They totally own a small niche that no one else is interested in going after. I I love the business. Yeah, you know, the thing about Costco is is that they're internally funded. So although there is a succession issue, they really don't need the cash or the financing, which is a very big thing for for Berkshire, is being able to provide cheaper financing. And they they internally finance everything. So it would be great, but I I, kind of doubt it. Yeah, it's one of those things where you have two people that might be a good fit, but they're always dating someone else, you know, <laughs> different times. So it's never going to happen. So, so you don't think Jim Senegal and Warren Buffett are going to be dating each other anytime soon? I hope not. <laughs> uh, as we wrap up here, uh, just for investors out there, um, what's one takeaway about Warren Buffett and his approach to business uh, that you think is is worth illuminating, Bill? I love the fact that what he was talking about in this letter, and the and the one piece that really stuck out to me was that he said we were trying to attract the right kind of businesses and managers, and we're trying to repel the wrong kind of managements and businesses. And that's a really important thing to me. And I'm not sure that a lot of people really think about that, especially you know in 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 a, in a world where companies seem to be taken out you know very quickly you know with mergers and acquisitions that. Really, a lot of times, the greatest amount of value is added when you bring in a company that you know that really fits into your mold, and you don't try and you don't try and force the uh, square peg into a round hole. Jason, you know, circle circle back to the the people theme here, and there's a quote that just always kind of stands out for me, and it's it's this one: "It takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently." And that's something Buffett's known for saying. Uh, Personally, I believe if we if we look at our investments, our investing uh, philosophies that way, then I think that we'll really you know we're bound to make better decisions, and that's that's something that always stands out to me. Joe, I'd say just a general principle of his staying versatile, and you look at where he is investing these days in the course of his career. Back in the day, he was all small caps, special situations, dirty value. 
He eventually acquired a textile company, which he then turned into a holding company, which became predominantly an insurance company and now owns a railroad and a bunch of regulated utilities. <laughs> uh, the guy's just incredibly flexible, to Bill's point earlier, and he goes wherever he sees value, and he expands a circle of competence to reach those places. So as an investor, you've just got to stay flexible. You know, I think, again, that he really could have spent some time. I went back and I looked because you remember in 2008, he bought in June and July and then the bottom fell out in September, October. And in November, you would start to hear the, has Buffett lost the his whisper. touch? The yeah. whisper. You know, the old man has finally lost his touch. There was, you know, there, there, there was a guy who said he's lost $16 billion, which he can afford. I think that it, it's really high time now that Buffett is 80 years old, that people take him at his word for what he finds most important. He's a long-term investor, and he does it better than anyone else. And it just always amazes me how people could take something that happens over a 13-week period and extrapolate and say, oh, he's done. This guy's done. He, he doesn't have it anymore. And, I mean, obviously, it's not true. All right, Bill Mann, Jason Moser, Joe Mager. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Next time.